Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Black Star Network is here. Hold no punches. A real uh, revolutionary right now. Support this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told. Uh, thank you for being the voice of Black America, Roland. Hey, Black. I love y'all. All momentum we have now. We have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be skate. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig?
Today is Wednesday, September 28, 2022. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. The NAACP has filed a race discrimination complaint against the state of Mississippi over Jackson's water crisis for allegedly discriminatory practices in its disbursement of federal funds to fix capital city's infrastructure. The black man who was thrown uh, about in a Connecticut police van, leaving him paralyzed, files a multi-million dollar lawsuit against the department. Another black man uh, retrained, uh, retained for hours and repeatedly tased, sues a former Colorado sheriff. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sure knows how to pick him. The man he appointed to be a county commissioner allegedly has ties to the KKK. We now have a photo and there's evidence. Two Oklahoma men plead guilty to the hate crime of a beating of a black man in 2019. And Isaac Hayes III is here to give us an update on his fundraising efforts for his app fan base. Plus, I'll show you part two. Saturday's uh, EPA uh, office, uh, they are going to have 200 folks focused on environmental justice and civil rights. It is time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Why go to music? The NAACP has filed a Title VI complaint for investigation into what they call the state of Mississippi's gross mishandling of the water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi. The complaint cites a long history of discrimination through years of neglect and the repeated denial of requests for federal funds. There have been upwards of 300 boil water alerts and multiple line breaks over the last two years. And the flood-related system failure in August left people without uh, reliable running water for days and continuously boil water alerts for almost seven weeks. The president and CEO of the NAACP, Derek Johnson, who is from Mississippi, released this statement. Everyone deserves safe, clean drinking water in 2022. There is no excuse as to why our government cannot provide the necessary infrastructure to ensure that all of its residents have access to this basic human right. The residents of Jackson, Mississippi, a predominantly black community, have suffered at the hands of discriminatory state leadership for far too long. It is apparent, it is apparent that the racist funding policies of Governor Tate Reeves and the state of Mississippi prevented the execution of critical infrastructure updates necessary to avoid the crisis we are now facing. Again, that is Derek Johnson, president and CEO of the NAACP, who also is a resident of 
the state. On behalf of the Environmental Agency, the Justice Department requested the city to engage in immediate uh, negotiations related to the city's recent drinking water crisis. Mayor Chokwe Lumumba will be on our show tomorrow to talk about this and give us an update on what is happening in Jackson, Mississippi. Joining us right now is A. Scott Bolden, former chair of National Bar Association Political Action Committee, an attorney here in D.C. Uh, also joining us, uh, Demario Solomon-Simmons, civil rights attorney, founder of Justice for Greenwood, and, of course, uh, we have uh, Dr. Nola Spicy, New Orleans Haynes, uh, of course, um, <laughs> national security expert, uh, and uh, she claims an expert on all things gumbo. All right, y'all. Uh, glad to have you uh, on the show. Uh, let's first uh, start uh, with this, Scott. You, of course, have practiced uh, uh, dealing in many federal courts. So the reality is uh, the state of Mississippi, they spend, for every dollar they spend on taxes, they get $4 from the federal government uh, in other ways. This is a way to hold them accountable because by them getting federal dollars, uh, this allows for uh, groups such as the NAACP to go beyond just the state and say, hey, you're getting federal funds to be used on infrastructure. This is their way of trying to force their hand to ensure Jackson gets his fair share. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's beyond that, though, because this is leverage in order to withhold those funds also if they don't come to the table, if they don't negotiate. And then secondly, Jackson, the government, will be required at the table, de facto or de jour, to lay out how they spent prior federal funds, how they're going to spend new federal funds, and what is the distribution of those funds in regard to infrastructure. If you go back five years or 10 years, the federal funds you've gotten and the funds you've gotten from the state, where have you spent them? It's actually tedious, but it's a pretty, uh, pretty uh, simple way of looking at where the funds have been distributed. Now, the Mississippi is going to say, well, we distributed these funds this way. Jackson may not have gotten theirs, but they're under budget pressures and, and non-race-based means for how we spend our dollars. The bottom line is that taking care of poor people, many of them black, is very expensive for any municipality. As you know, I at one point represented the lead defendant in the Flint water crisis. And as you got into the documents and you got into the bureaucratic morass, it became very difficult to not only charge them uh, uh, criminally, but also to find some civil exposure in regard to the governor and all the uh, emergency managers, because it's a complicated process. But in the end, Flint had dirty water, and many, many people were injured. Jackson is, have, is going through the same thing. And the broader infrastructure piece for the United States has a role as well. So very complicated. We'll have to keep watching and see what happens. Nola, on Monday, uh, the uh, Poor People's Campaign, they had a mad Moral Monday demonstration there in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, this is some of the video right here. Uh, with them bringing the attention, not wanting people to forget uh, what is happening in that city. Uh, it, is, it is somewhat out of the national headlines that was being talked about for a week. Uh, but the reality is they still are fixed, even, even still dealing with the problem. Even when the mayor was on, he said, hey, sure, we might get the water back on, but we're going to have another problem. It's going to happen again. And so their point is we've got to fix the fundamental problem and not keep putting Band-Aids on this. I agree 100%. You know, environmental racism is a very real thing. 
Um, I have a colleague, Dr. Adria Tennant at UCLA, um, who studies this very thing, and she has been for a long time. And when she started looking at this problem, people would kind of dismiss her work. And this is why work like that is important. Coming from Louisiana, you know, I know all about infrastructure failures. I know all about being black in the South and how people do not typically care about you, especially when you are poor, black, and from the South. So I know about all of these different things, but I absolutely agree. You know, it's one thing to put a Band-Aid over the problem, and I'm happy that Mississippi has a friend in the Biden-Harris administration, but what comes after? You know, the way in which um, these, these sorts of personalities are being elected across the country, especially in the South, I am incredibly worried about what happens once the cameras leave, what happens, you know, once the water gets cleaned up. What about long-term? You know, is there some level of... Um, punitive damages that can possibly um, create a situation where, you know, they'll be disincentivized from this happening again? Is there some, some way that, you know, um, what's happened in Mississippi um, with, with, with the dirty water, is there some level, there's some law that can be passed? I mean, something needs to happen thinking about the long term, because, you know, like I said, once the pa the cameras are cut off, they're going to go back to business. And we all know the types of people are being elected across the country, especially in the South. And I am buku worried. Um, but tomorrow, before I go to you, this is Reverend Dr. William J. Barber, uh, who was speaking Monday in Jackson, Mississippi, again, talking about how critical of an issue uh, this is. I want to invite all of the impacted persons and the clergy who are here that are going to be speaking, the impacted, to come on on the stage. I think it's about seven impacted persons. We say people who are poor and low wealth who are directly impacted. Come on up on the stage and stand. If you can't stand, bring your chair with you. Brother clergy, if you all would love to come and be on the stage, bring the chair with you. We are out all over the nation. And tomorrow Mondays, the goal is ultimately to hear from the people. Right at about 645, we're going live on the Joy Reese Show. And this is the first Moral Monday here. My prayer and yours should be yours. If we come back in two weeks, we have the whole block field. We come back in three, we have more blocks field. But this is the inauguration. Somebody say the inauguration. And so it's important at a beginning, y'all come on up and stand behind. It's important at a beginning that you're clear, that we make it clear what is a Moral Monday and how does it work with all of the other groups that are engaged. All the other groups that are engaged. We launch it today in Jackson, Mississippi. The first thing I want you to know, everybody say, listen up. If you're talking, you're not listening. Listen up. Moral Mondays are never about one day of action. Never about that. Moral Monday man, is always tired, about beginning a protest and a time that will not cease until the change comes. We like to understand, folks, to understand that the first Moral Monday was when Jesus went public and served notice on Monday on a governor named Pilate and a king named Herod, and he went into the temple and overturned the tables. That was the first Moral Monday. You hear what I'm saying? When we started Moral Monday in North Carolina in 2013, in April, there were only 17 people who showed up to challenge the immoral attacks on health care 
and voting rights and living wages, an extremist governor, an extremist legislature. We were arrested that day, 17, and a white woman with cerebral palsy for praying, for holding signs, and refusing to leave the building, 17. The next week, 34 stirred up. The next week, over 70. And by the end of the summer in August, 15,000 people showed up on a moral Monday. It happened in North Carolina. It sure can happen right here in Mississippi. The coalition grew to over 150 coalition partners. The effort went national. And hundreds of people, every race and every creed and every color, by the middle of the summer had been arrested for reading the Constitution inside of the State House, quoting scripture and making policy demands. And it began to take root and take heart all over the state. By the end of the summer, nearly 1,000 people were arrested for nonviolent civil disobedience, and it looked like the diversity of the state. If it happened in North Carolina, it can happen right here in Mississippi. By the end of the summer, the governor, when he, we started, his poll numbers were around 60%. By the end of the summer in constant action, nonviolently, his numbers dropped to 30%. And the legislature's numbers dropped to 19%. In the middle of that, we filed a major lawsuit against the governor regarding voting rights legislation. It was the largest, most regressive voter suppression law after the Shelby decision when the Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act. We filed a lawsuit and the plaintiffs were black, they were white, they were Latino, they were Christian, they were Jewish, they were native, they were veterans, and they were disabled. When we put down our differences and came together, we filed that lawsuit and we won against the largest. So we had a protest strategy, but we also had a, a litigation strategy. We had a legislative strategy, and we had a voting rights strategy. We put all of those strategies together, and we had a commitment forward together. That was our commitment, forward together. By 2017, that extremist governor lost his election. Folks said it couldn't happen. But the pundits now say, because Marl Monday kept on going and brought people together from one part of the state to the other, he lost. The veto-proof power of the Republican-controlled legislature was broken. The courts began to rule in our favor. And the North Carolina Appellate and Supreme Court became progressive courts and for the first time in the history of the country, put an African-American woman as chief justice. It grew out of having a protest strategy, a litigation strategy, a le legislation strategy, and a voting rights strategy. The point I'm making, brothers and sisters, and hear me well, is not to brag on North Carolina, that's not what I'm talking about, but to say, Marl Monday in Mississippi is not about a photo op, it's not about a one-time gathering, it is deeply, it is a deeply rooted, moral, nonviolent, multifaceted, multiracial, multifaith political strategy to challenge in the face of the public oppressive systems that hurt black people, 
brown people, Asian people, Latino people, indigenous people, and white people. In other words, hurts all of God's creation. It's the, a the, Mario, the reason, it's a the reason I wanted to, to play that uh, is because you have some people who say, man, this protest stuff don't work by itself. Right. Um, all right, you lawyers, y'all just want to file lawsuits. But you also need pressure in the streets. No, 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 Scott, no, no, Scott, hold on. <laughs> then, then you have the politicians uh, who, I mean, I think back to the civil rights movement where Congressman Adam Clayton Powell was jealous of Dr. King because he thought he was the baddest Negro in the country and he was one of the baddest Negroes. So what Barbara is there saying you got to have all of those things working in concert. And so that's why it's important to have the protests, have the lawsuits, put the pressure on the politicians, and to vote. I, it kills me when I listen to these people who say, man, that voting stuff ain't changed nothing by itself, but you got to have the other pieces. No question about it. It has to be a holistic strategy, and that's what it takes to move things forward. You know, lawsuits by themselves, protesting by themselves, none of that works in a vacuum. So you're absolutely right, Roland, on that aspect of it. And back to the what we're talking about with Mississippi, I'm very glad to see that the uh, DNAACP did file a complaint, but I don't understand why the uh, uh, EPA couldn't come in themselves, because this is very well documented that the state of Mississippi has discriminated and have willful neglect of Jackson's uh, water system. So I would like to see the Department of Justice and the EPA and other federal entities be more proactive, even more proactive than we're seeing over the last couple of years. So that's number one. And number two, I want to say they need more funding. I know uh, Scott talked about in Flint. I know it took a long time to get that actually repaired. We want to see the same type of funding to happen and repairs to happen in a, in a quick manner, the way we've sent billions of dollars overseas to Ukraine, for example, we want to see those billions of dollars sent to the impacted communities of black communities, as my sister said, in the South and others who are impacted by this environmental racism. Again, but you're not, at the end of the day, when we talk about that, and, and, and I, I see the tweets, people, Scott, who put that stuff out. Look, it's real simple. Congress allocates money to Ukraine. You're not going to get that unless you put pressure on Congress. When I hear people say, oh, man, the CBC ain't doing nothing, what, the CBC does not comprise all 218 members of the House, right. all uh, which the votes you needed, or 60 votes in the United States Senate. There are people who are watching right now who ain't never picked the phone up, never called nobody, never, never called... Don't even, some folk don't even know who the actual member of Congress is. Uh, and so if we're talking about how do we deal with this issue... What Barbara's also saying is the folk in Mississippi got to first rise up. Yeah. What did he say? 17 people in North Carolina, and then it became, then it, it, it built and built and built. So that's also what's needed. I just need folk to understand stuff not going to change because you sent a tweet out or you said, I'm praying for y'all. <laughs> Look, you certainly, you certainly got to do more than that. But, but remember, Congress and the state, or the feds and the state are very important here. Because if you remember, the feds and the state were fighting over who was going to pay for the lawsuits, but who was going to pay for the infrastructure. The infrastructure was relaying pipe uh, and taking it out of the old 
uh, uh, dirty pipes, if you will, the corrupted pipes, if you will, where the, the copper or whatever they made pipes with 50 years ago was running into the water, causing that and fecal matter and other uh, uh, bacteria that, that were harming the people. You've got to have the same thing in Jackson. Did you see the pictures of the brown water coming out? That's from the pipes. That's from old equipment and not being able to disinfect the water where the water is being held in these large drums or these large pools and what have you. I don't mean to get too technical, but the federal government and state government got to decide we're going to pay for this because people are going to die if we don't. And they've got that food, they've got that water share of responsibility. The other thing is the EPA is there, my brother, at the state level and the federal level, because AG and DOJ can come in, but they don't have the scientists. And the scientists and the levels of which what is tolerable is super important in regard to getting the funding. And then lastly, Moral Mondays, the power of Moral Mondays is everyone who's affected by a corrupt government and offended and oppressed by those bad actors, right? And he named all of them, the least, the lost, the left out, black, white, Jewish, you name it. That's the power of Moral Mondays because we're all united by that oppression and if we put down our differences forward together. It's a great concept that could be mimicked all around this country and they get results too. And Jackson is the, is the next proving ground for Moral Mondays. Uh, and that's what it boils down to, Nola. You got to get results. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I have a background in divinity, so I'm all for Moral Monday. Um, I always say that religion is politics for people who don't understand mm. that. The Bible document period. Um, so, you know, this this makes a lot of sense to me. But, you know, what I, what I do want to say, I definitely don't want to quibble about um, the agencies and the allocation of money to Ukraine and what's not being allocated, because I think fundamentally this is a local issue. I think this is a local issue that is wrapped in racism that has never, ever gone away, especially in my part of the world. And when you think about Flint, Michigan, when you think about the communities that are impacted with this particular issue, they are black communities. And so when I think about this, you know, um, and then you, you hear the, the, the local officials saying they're not getting the money. And then you hear the federal government saying, well, we sent you the money. How are you allocating the money? Then you have stories about Brett Favre being paid money, you know, maybe not out of this pot, but out of a similar pot, you know. So there are all these different things that are basically, at the end of the day, it's all about sacrificing black lives. And this has been consistent through the narrative of the country. And that's, for me, what needs to end. We can, I, I, I say, yes, let's protest, let's march, let's do all the things. But what is the long-term strategy here? Because this is going to continue. We are constantly, constantly sacrificed on the altar. And I'm simply, simply tired of it. Well, well you got to uh, fix it, though, don't you? Well, well yeah, but you got to well, fix it. Well, but again, uh, it look, pressure bust pipes, right. no pun intended. DeMario, that's yeah. what has to happen. Right. I mean, I think the long-term solution is what you were saying. Everything has to be on the table. I mean, it is a 400-year, 400-plus-year problem, so it's going to take voting. It's going to take litigation. It's going to take uh, protesting. It's going to take uh, registering people. Everything that anyone believes is positive towards this, that's what we have to do. Right. Because that's what's been done to get us in this particular situation. Absolutely. All right, folks, hold tight one second. I got to go to a break. Uh, we come back on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Uh, we'll uh, talk about 
black man paralyzed from the chest down. Uh, he was thrown around in a police van, now suing the police department. Hmm. Sounds quite familiar to the folks uh, in Baltimore. Uh, we'll discuss that. We'll also discuss a Colorado man who is suing cops uh, after he was tased. Again, another familiar story uh, for African-Americans. We'll cover that and more on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Folks, don't forget to download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Also, join our Bring the Funk fan club. Your dollars make it possible for us to do what we do. Uh, check and money orders. Go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app, Dallas Sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal's R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. And if you're on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitch, hit the like button, hit the share button, especially y'all on YouTube. We should easily be at 1,000 likes right now on YouTube. We'll be right back. When we invest in ourselves, our glow. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Our vision. Our vibe. We all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene. A white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence. White people are losing their damn minds. An angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol. We're about to see the rise of what I call white minority resistance. We have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting. I think what we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial. This is part of American history. Every time that people of color have made progress, whether real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this. Here's all the Proud Boys, guys. This country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people. The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Hey, I'm Amber Stevens West. Yo, what up, y'all? This is Jay Ellis, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, uh, more police neglect uh, in this country now resulting in lawsuits. In New Haven, Connecticut, uh, they got hit with a multi-million dollar lawsuit by a black man who was paralyzed from the chest down after being seriously injured in the back of a police van when the driver brake suddenly. Randy Cox was placed in a police van without a seatbelt uh, and violently slammed headfirst into the wall when the driver jammed on the brakes to avoid a collision in the lawsuit. Cox accuses officers Oscar Diaz, Betsy Seg uh, Segway, uh, Roland Presley, Jocelyn Lavander, and Luis Rivera of negligence, recklessness, use of excessive force, denial of medical treatment, and the intentional infliction of emotional distress. Cox attorney Benjamin Crump urged New Haven officials to do the right thing in this case. We did not have to file this lawsuit to tell you why the city needs to do the right thing. Nobody can convince me that a lawsuit had to be filed to say that the city needs to step up and do the right thing based on, one, what you saw in that video of him being handcuffed and not restrained after Freddie Gray. Nobody should have to ask that question why the city got to step up and do the right thing. You know you should never put a, uh, a citizen who is handcuffed, unrestrained, in the back of a paddy wagon. 
And then second, second, the actions and the inactions of the police officers when they got to the police station. We, we didn't have to file this lawsuit. Everybody could see why the city needs to step up and do the right thing. Stevie Wonder could see that the city was wrong in this instance. And when you're wrong, you have an obligation to right a wrong. And you shouldn't be forced to do that. You should step up and want to do it of your own will because that's what leadership demands. Leadership demands that you step up and you don't put this family through any more than you're already putting them through. The officers involved remain on administrative leave. The New Haven State's attorney is still considering criminal charges against the officers. Here's what I don't understand, Demario. It's a seatbelt. How do you not how do you not put a seatbelt on the individual who's in the back of the police van? Look, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Well, Roland is just a simple fact that they didn't value this guy's humanity. They didn't care enough to take 30 seconds to actually put him inside the seatbelt, and that's why this happened. And I want to just step back and really think about, for people to understand, because I've dealt with cases where people are, uh, have paralysis. You know, it's a $100 million lawsuit. Obviously, that's a lot of money. But this is a young man who may be able to live for 25, 30 years. He can very well use all of that money for his care. I've had clients who were paralyzed from the neck down, from the chest down. I mean, they can't do anything for themselves. And so regardless of the amount of money that this family will receive, this is an unspeakable tragedy for this family and this young man. And so as this case moves forward, we've got to continue to call on the DOJ and our elected leaders to try to put forward the George Floyd Act, Policing Act, to get that passed as soon as possible and continue to do police reforms. And most importantly, Roland, when things like this happen, these officers have to be prosecuted. This is neglect. This is something that we know happens when, when you don't restrain actual uh, individuals in the back of a vehicle. It's ridiculous. Um, it, it, it really is, uh, Scott. And, it, it, you know, and here's the thing for the people who, say, who clamor more, more police funding. That ain't going to fix this. I mean, this is, the, the action is here. I mean, it's common sense. If you're going to be in a police van, okay, even if he doesn't slam on the brakes, uh, if, if, the, if it swerves or whatever, you restrain the person. You, you look out for the person's well-being. But if I don't see you as a person, then I'm not going to strap you up, am I? If I'm a racist, white, Ku Klux Klansman police officer in whatever jurisdiction, and I see you as a perp, a dog, right? If I see you as a mutt, those are the names they call black people when they arrest them and bring them to the state's attorney's office. If I don't see your humanity, as my brother said, then I'm not going to strap you up. But here's the difference. That video inside that truck, that's because of Freddie Gray and Marilyn Mosby. Did you notice that? 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there would have been no video without Freddie Gray. This is Freddie Gray 2 or 2.0 because Marilyn Mosley prosecuted the police officers with no cooperation from her police department that's supposed to be supporting her. She lost those cases, but those cases had to be tried. And now, because of that case being tried, 
This case right here, two things. They have the video and they have the human, they have the individual who, thank goodness, did not have the same fate as Freddie Gray. And this is the case that's going to make the difference. The problem is not funding for the police. The problem is hiring better police officers. I can't train you humanity, but I can train you and determine early on if you are racist or if you are going to be bad with the community or if you are not going to de-escalate, you're going to escalate because of your personality. You got to hire the right people. You can't train them or give them values. That's the difference. So I don't want to defund the police. I want the police to be better, and I want us to hire better police officers. Takes money, invest the money, you save lives. Well, no, well, the thing is, is here. I get Scott's point, but it's not just uh, white racist cops. It's also some black cops. Black racist cops. First of all, there, there were several Latinos who were mentioned uh, in this lawsuit here. I mean, so it is a function. It is a it is a blue mentality. Yeah. That's what we're dealing with here. Yeah. We're seeing, and, and and at some point, uh, no, all the people keep saying, "Oh, oh well, there are a few bad apples." Well, well damn, it's mm -hmm. amazing how it's amazing how it's like we keep like <laughs> more and more. I'm like, damn, that's a lot of damn bad apples. That's a that's a rotten tree. Right. That ain't no bad apple. No, <laughs> the tree it's gets rotten. Culture is rancid. That's right. <laughs> Period. That's right. <laughs> And, you know, listen, I'm a security person, which is to say that I have relationships across different security apparatuses, right? And my parents were military. I grew up in that environment. And I completely agree about who are these people getting hired. And mm -hmm. maybe mentality, unfortunately, is this anti-blackness that we see over and over and over again. I personally, you know, I have I have a really kind of um, holistic ap approach the way I think about this, you know, not just with police officers, but with politicians. If you have racist tendencies, if you have racist homies, if you have a racist past, you should not be serving the public on any level, point blank, period. That is really how I feel. And especially when you were talking about people putting on a uniform that are meant to protect and serve, but when you do not see that person as a human, first off, and then when you put the, the, the criminal element on top of it, it's it's a it becomes a double negative. And, you know, the one thing that's interesting to me about this case, okay, fine. Even if you want to take away Mr. Cox's humanity, which clearly that, that's the case here, how about self-preservation? How you, you I'm, I'm sure that that these cops are aware of everything that's going on um, in the U.S. right now, especially with these types of cases for your own self-preservation, for your own job safety. Why not put on the seatbelt? Why not make sure that that man is secure? You know what I'm saying? So if you can't even begin to problem solve that far, it really makes me wonder what caliber of people being hired for these jobs. If you do not have <laughs> the internal, um, the internal uh, kind of uh, notice that says, you know what, I'm not going to lose my job today. Let me put this seatbelt on this man. If you can't think that far, I don't think you should have a weapon, and I definitely do not think you should be in charge of serving yep. and protecting when you can't even think about your own uh, your own safety and your own job security. Yep. That's just that's how I feel about uh, this. I absolutely uh, agree with that. Uh, that has to, that has that has to be. It, it to me is real basic. Yeah, but the problem is, and I think the problem is, is that these guys and women they don't really have a lot of consequences. A lot of officers right. do are, are they're not disciplined. They're not. They don't lose their job. And many times when they do lose their job because of uh, the union contracts, 
They are given their jobs back and with back pay. So they understand that they can kind of act with impunity. Yeah, we see the officers in George Floyd and, and Breonna Taylor. Those are extraordinary circumstances. But the vast majority of corrupt officers around this country do this type of excessive violence or, or corruption, and they do not lose their jobs. That's why we must have accountability, and it must happen from the top down, from the federal government down, yep. point blank, period. Absolutely. Hold on, Scott. Scott, hold on. Uh, I gotta, no, this is important. Uh, Scott, hold on. <laughs> Damn it, wait. In Colorado, a former Boulder County sheriff is named in a federal lawsuit after an outlandish display of police force. Travis Cole, a black man, was restrained in a chair for hours and tased by Christopher Mecca in September 2020. The lawsuit says Cole is now experiencing emotional distress from the incident. Mecca, and Mecca was fired and charged with misdemeanor counts of third-degree assault and official misconduct. He was sentenced to probation. Cole is suing for an undisclosed amount. This is the first time the Boulder County Sheriff's Department has been accused of excessive force. In 2017, a white woman, Lauren uh, Gothel, was awarded $400,000 in damages as a result of uh, excessive force. Uh, here's again, perfect example. Yeah, he got fired, misdemeanor charges, he gets probation. I wouldn't be surprised, Scott, if he got hired at a, neighborhood, at a neighboring police department. Yeah, that, that's true. But what, what, what's most bothersome, what's missing from this discussion that we have not explored when it comes to police brutality, there is no remorse or corrective action emotionally in the police officers who maim and kill our young black men and women. There's no remorse. Those law officers who are on administrative leave in this case, as well as the prior case you talked about, right? Their buddies at the police union are convincing them that it's us against them. You did nothing wrong. Um, and therefore, we got to support you no matter what, because your job is tough. There is no remorse, whether they get another job or get this job. And you say, well, of course there's no remorse because that's who they are. Yeah, but, but it ought to be bothersome because the human condition demands remorse. But if, again, I don't see that person as a human being, then I don't, I don't feel that, if you will. In this last case, he was restrained, right? Now, this isn't a clean case now, Roland. He had an argument with his girlfriend. He had been drinking. And so the police are going to say he was disruptive and he was out of control and he was spitting on him. And that's why they put the plastic or the, the thing on his head. But the other thing is... They're going to argue that he challenged the police officer to a fight. They're heard on tape saying, let's go. You want to go with me? Let's go, right? But that's not the police officer's place, is it? It's not like, take your belt off and I'll kick you behind, right? That's TV. Right. That's nonsense, right? right? The police have the obligation to de-escalate, knowing he was intoxicated. And they failed in that regard. And now this person's been permanently uh, injured. I think this last case, permanently injured. And they, they're just dumb. They just make dumb decisions and live with them instead of even wanting to be better as part of the human condition. It's a complete failure. It really is. And so here's another case we're talking about, Roland. Just another one. You keep reporting on it because they keep feeding it to you. You, you know, another aspect of the accountability, they're not paying money out of their pockets. You know, this exactly. money, when these yeah. big uh, verdicts, yeah. settlements that you hear about, it's not coming out of the police department's 
a police officer's pockets. It's not coming out of the police union. It's not coming out of police pensions. It's coming out of taxpayer dollars. So you have mm -hmm. these individuals who don't see us as hum humans. Then they know they most likely are not going to lose their job. They're most likely not going to be prosecuted. And if they are, it's going to get probation. And then if you have to pay money, it's not out of their pocket. So it's why it makes for a very dangerous situation that, again, the Department of Justice needs more resources and, and more uh, individuals to prosecute these cases quickly, effectively, and very, very uh, aggressively. You know, Nola, I, yeah, I, I, money I, I, oh, Scott, hold on, Scott, Scott, really Scott, Scott, hold on. <laughs> you're talking about Nola, you start talking. Hold on. You. Okay. You want to keep talking, get you a podcast. Hold on. <laughs> now, <laughs> dang, I'm trying I to go to Nola. Why do I need a podcast? Damn. Now, Nola, here's a perfect example. Here's a perfect example of we talk about, because Scott had mentioned cops supposed to de-escalate. First of all, every time we see somebody black, cops are escalating the situation. So somebody posted this on uh, my uh, Twitter account the other day. And it's a perfect example of when you have a level-headed cop, in this case, a level-headed black cop, who is trying to calm this out-of-control white cop. Now, let me set the stage. <laughs> the black folks involved who were upset, they're in court. In this court uh, hearing, one of their loved ones was killed. They felt the person who killed them did not get, get sufficient jail time. They were angry. Now, you understand what happened. Watch this. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Why are you important guys pull the audio down it's because you see the black cop here now go back so here you got the white cop who's now about to try to grab his arm put it behind his back and the black cop is like yo bruh chill he's he literally like will you just chill out then you had the other white cop grab the brother and the brother's like listen man so here's i think what's happening here black cop realizes the family is emotional they're upset he simply, you see him right now telling the cop, yo, man, calm. relax, yeah, yeah. chill out. Will you calm your ass down? This is a perfect example, Nola, of cops escalating, where the brother is like, listen, they're emotional. They're coming out of the court. Why don't you chill out? But go back, go back. You see right here. You, you go, go back here. You see the white cop walks over. The brother's like, say, bro, I need you to back up. This is one of those examples where white cops, but also sometimes the black cops, got to learn how to, damn it, woosah, relax, and you become the peacemaker. It doesn't have to escalate because you saw what happened. When the white cop escalated, he turns on, then all of a sudden, the women from the family, they get involved. I wish, I wish these white cops would learn how to uh, de-escalate with black people. Like, I see them do with white folks all the time. Mm-hmm. Noah? Yeah. Well, it's a lot to comment on. Um, so <laughs> my, my, my first initial thoughts are, it reminds me of how 
black folks, we must always be in our place at all times. The onus is always on us to be um, the ones that are acting in a certain way. And when we are not acting in a certain way, then we are automatically challenging the status quo. And that goes back, as we all know, that goes back since, you know, most of us, our, our ancestors were brought here. But this kind of endemic way of thinking, you know, the moment that a black person expresses any level of emotion, it is seen as a threat, mm-hmm. right? And so, and, and that is really what we're talking about. We're talking about black bodies that are already seen as a threat and don't be a male and don't be a male that is, um, you know, bigger than you or, or, or whatever those kind of, um, those, those attributes that are contributed to black maleness and don't have a level of emotion because that's always that's already going to be a challenge and you're already going to be seen as a threat. And then when you add emotion on top of it, then you are really you are really seen as a threat. And the last time I was on here and when you had someone on here who was talking about how they train people in the community to deal with cops, I thought that was so important because I've heard time and time again how threatened um, police officers feel in certain situations. And so my thought is, well, what are you threatened by? Are you threatened by someone who isn't armed, but you can easily disarm someone who is armed, but who happens not to be black? So what is the real threat here? And I think that as much as I know that there is a lot of um, these conversations that are being had across different uh, police stations from the top on down, but it's one thing to have a conversation. It's one thing to say, you know, if, if you do this thing, then, you know, you'll be suspended. But these, but the consequences needs to be heightened. They need to understand that this is not tolerated. But the fact that it's built into the system, you know, these slaps on the wrist, it's not enough. You need consequences need to be heightened. And then another part of this, we said earlier in the show, it's about who are you hiring? Why are black people seen as threats automatically? Is there no way that you can test for that? Is there no way that you can't see that before you put them on the streets? I think so. You know, so it's 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 a really, really broken and fractured system. And I'm happy that the brother was there to deescalate, but that should not have been on him. That should not have been on him to deescalate a cop who is supposed to be trained, who is not supposed to be emotional at all. That is not the brothers, that that is not what we are here for. It's either we are threats or we're putting ourselves in a line of fire to be the protectors. It, it can't, we, we can't continue to exist like this because at the end of the day, there are people who are being paid to protect us and they are not protecting us. And so we have to become the protectors. And then once we do that, then we're, then we're considered the enemy. So what's the solution here? Well, and I'm, uh, well, I, I, here's, what, here's the solution. Demario, I, I, I fundamentally believe one of the solutions to what we're seeing is when you have cops go to the fellow cop and say, say, bro, I need you to chill out. I mean, first of all, we need cops to calm down other cops. Right. Uh, that was, I think we showed the video. I can't remember. The, I can't, it, it may have been, it may have been the preacher in Alabama. I can't remember. I forgot. We 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 ran we run so many damn these videos. Right, right. Where right, right. it was one cop who came in who was like, "Yo, man, back up! Like you're wrong." Oh, but no, then you had the, but, but you had the other cop. Yeah. You had the other story yeah. where the the male cop start choking the, the female, female cop in Florida. and said, "Don't you ever, don't right. you ever stop me." Right. He's now being charged. Right. But you gotta have cops when they see a cop beating on somebody. You gotta have the other partner 
pull his ass mm -hmm. off and say, say, man, what you doing? That's the accountability. And I think too often we have not had that where police officers, what they'll do is, I think, I think we ran a video, it was L.A., the cop slammed home up against a fence and was beating the hell out of him. And the other cop was like, oh, I'm going to just stand back and watch it unfold. No, intervene. And my whole deal is, if you don't step in, you should be held accountable. Yeah, and in many jurisdictions, you have those laws. We have that in Oklahoma and That's why the cops in Minneapolis are in prison right now because they said nothing when Derek Chauvin that's right. was dealing on, his, on George Floyd's neck. That's right, and that shows the difference when there is a level of accountability. Because as we remember with George Floyd, when they first came out, they said, man dies in custody. And they made it seem like George Floyd had did something wrong. But then you saw the video, and then we had, what, Keith Ellison as a state AG who took that and prosecuted them to the fullest extent. And that makes the difference. And so they have to be held accountable. And, you know, the sister said that the system is broken, but unfortunately the system is working as it is planned. And police are actually trained. New police officers are trained by going into poor black communities and doing what they want to do. So this is part of the police culture. And I really applaud that, that brother because it's difficult for black men and women in these cultures to step up and do the right thing because they're afraid for their lives. They become retaliated upon. So I really applaud him for stepping in and saying, hey, relax, chill out. This guy is upset. One last thing, and before I let's get it to Scott. For no, our no, audience. No, hell no. We ain't going to Scott. We're going to know. For our audience, if you find yourself in a situation with the police officers, Knowing what we understand, they don't see us as human. They don't give us the respect. You've got to find the best way possible for you to de-escalate de the best way you can. Because as you start to raise your voice and you start to have all that emotion, which I understand is natural, that is only, they're going to meet that force with force and overwhelm it. And that's going to make the situation get worse. Am I saying we can have, we're robots? No. I pursue police every single day. I see these videos. But those, those women that were screaming and cussing, I understand why they were doing that, but that does not help the situation. So we have to understand that we are in war here and we have to have wartime rules. And my main thing I tell my clients and my community all the time, the goal with any police interaction is to leave not in, a, in an IMSA or ambulance, not in a Hertz, and not in the back of the police car. You want to go home without being arrested, without being injured, or without being killed. Uh, and here was that video I was talking about uh, where the cop, uh, he, again, he, he, he walks over, he's about to get real aggressive, uh, and, then, uh, and then a female cop, uh, you know, basically intervenes, pulls him off, and homeboy he pulls him back, he turns around and starts choking her. He starts choking. He starts choking her. That's right there. Well, that cop there—he's uh, been relieved of duty. Uh, but you got to have accountability. Accountability has to start on the scene, immediate yeah. with the officers there. Hey, and guess what? When your partner start lying, you'll make it clear. Say, man, I ain't backing you up. But the cop culture, the yeah. cop culture, is you always have your uh, your your partner's back. You always, and that's why Laquan McDonald case, when they went to that Burger King, pull that video, they erased the damn video because they knew what the video showed. They erased it. And that's what we're seeing all too often. And so you got to have accountability. So you're right. People should be accountable. But guess what? 
cops should also be accountable. And unfortunately, that's the one thing you don't hear enough of. All right, folks, got to go to a break. We come back uh, more on Roller Martin Unfiltered, including our Black and Missing. We'll talk about, the, uh, of course, the uh, 40th anniversary of the Equal Justice, uh, Environmental Justice Movement uh, in North Carolina. Actually, the national movement uh, that uh, took place as well. So covering all of that. Don't forget, download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Also, join our Brina Funk fan club. Uh, again, see your check-in money orders to P.O. Box 57196, uh, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Uh, the cash app is dollar sign uh, RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. And don't forget to get your copy of my new book, White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. I keep telling y'all what's going on. Get the book, Ben Bella Books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, Bookshop, Chapters, Books A Million, Target. Also, download your book on Audible. You get it, post uh, an image uh, for me uh, on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, be sure to retweet it, repost it, and I appreciate it. Uh, let's keep uh, speaking truth. Uh, we'll be right back. When we invest in ourselves, we're investing in what's next for all of us. Growing, creating, making moves that move us all forward. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, African Americans have an average student loan balance of more than $30,000. Student loan forgiveness has been a long time coming. The Biden administration has introduced a new program that's going to allow you to have almost or up to $20,000 forgiven. I think that the Biden administration, um, by implementing this plan, is admitting that there have been several serious faults within the higher education financing system and that this plan is a step in the right direction. That's on the next Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. When you talk about blackness and what happens in black culture, we're about covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. This is a genuine people-powered movement. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting. You get it, and you spread the word. We wish to plead our own cause to long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in Black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please, support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Check some money orders. Go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037- 0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. 
Hey, I'm Cupid, the maker of the Cupid Shuffle and the Wham Dance. What's going on? This is Tobias Trevelyan. And if you're ready, you are listening to and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, was last seen on June 2nd. The 16-year-old who may go by uh, Nene is 5 feet 3 inches tall, weighs 120 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. Anyone with information about Janae Eason should call the Greenfield, Wisconsin Police Department at 414-761-5300. 414-761-5300. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh-huh. He's back at it with a bold display of his allegiance to the alt-right. Folks, he appointed a county commissioner with ties to the KKK. Gaston County Commissioner Jeff Moore abruptly resigned last week after a photo allegedly showing him in a KKK outfit. This picture was shown to the Gaston County Sheriff last Tuesday to confirm if the photo was Moore. When the sheriff confronted Moore with the, with the photo, with the prints, he didn't deny the images were of him. DeSantis appointed Jeff Moore to serve as commissioner in August. Governor Ron DeSantis' office has confirmed that Moore resigned last week, but refused to explain why. Now, that, that's, that's interesting, Nola, because <laughs> DeSantis has a lot to say about everything. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, my goodness, he's mute. <laughs> And She's Nola, mute. you're mute. <laughs> She's mute. Oh, my bad. I'm, I was going off, and I'm mute. Okay. Lord maybe have mercy. Thank you, Jesus and the ancestors, because, honey, that was maybe a good thing. So, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, you know, this, this is, I'm smiling and I'm laughing, but I am enraged, because I remember growing up as a little girl, and my mom would always tell stories about Bull Connor. And she would always talk about how, you know, hearing the things that he would say on television and knowing that you live in a region of the world where people feel this way and they really do not care about putting it on display. And here we are in 2022. We are still dealing with these situations. But what's even scarier is that we have people in power who are legitimizing these behaviors and these people are getting emboldened and they're getting emboldened and more people are becoming radicalized because they have the legitimacy and because they are emboldened. And this is a very dangerous cycle. I think about this stuff in terms of it being a national security threat. I absolutely believe that it is beyond a costume. It is a beyond a mistake. This is where our country is heading. And it is not a laughing matter. And I know that the governor is going to say that, you know, he was preoccupied with the hurricane and all of these different things. And as, you know, the administration should be, rightfully so. However, this isn't a small situation that should nope. just be get us get a few you know hits here on social media and then it goes away. This is a growing threat in our country and something needs to happen about it tomorrow. Well, today. check this check this out, Demario Scott Nola, a Portland, Tennessee alderman Thomas Dillard. Uh, this is a, a report here. Y'all y'all want to see a boldness? Well, we can already take a look at him. We see where he's coming from. Watch this. 
speak to you. Alderman Thomas Dillard quickly made it clear he does not want to talk about what WSMV4 investigates uncovered. Go and I will not I'm stop not asking you. You can ask me the question all you want to. Video of him repeatedly. I called him the N-word. I ain't gonna lie. Using racial slurs, including effing porch monkeys. Do not yell racial profanities. Towards the Campos family next door, someone on Dillard's property was also recorded making monkey sounds <laughs> and flipping off the Campos' biracial children. And his anger isn't just directed at the Campos family. This new video shows police responding to a complaint that someone at Dillard's house was setting off fireworks over the Campos' house. Watch how he approaches one of the officers and how that officer responds. I would recommend you getting off of my property. And what the officers say about him when they leave. That'd be uh, one of your city councilmen. Yeah, always a pleasure and a standing member of society. For Alderman Brian Woodall, he's seen enough. Do I feel as if he should remain an alderman? No, I don't feel as if he should because I don't think he, I don't think he represents the entire community. We also put the question to the city's mayor. Do you think he should resign? Does he have a place on the council with these kinds of views? Well, as we put before, as we said in the statement before, a lot of people don't feel like he can represent them anymore. A mayor who apparently is going to have some competition on election day. Do you think you should stay on the council? Yes, I'm going to stay on the council. Despite you making for, racist, and racist I'm running, comments. I'm running for mayor. I'm asking so, you what you would say to I the people of color in this community. City business. You have said they, racist they, comments they, repeatedly listen, on I've camera. I've got to get in here and speak. After we followed him in, we asked one more time. That's if there's the anything you want to say to us now. I'm not speak to this man at all about anything. But knowing what we've documented, we'll still be asking questions. In Portland, Jeremy Finley, WSMB4 investigates. Right, I mean, th this is somebody who... Um, uh, representing folks. Now, mind you, Portland, Tennessee is 90.5% white, 3.5% uh, black. Uh, it is 0.3% uh, Native American, 0.5% uh, Asian, 11,480 people, 3.9% uh, uh, Hispanic. Man, a couple of things to unpack there, Roland. <laughs> that video really got me fired up. Number one, let's go back to the police interaction. You and I were talking off camera how I witnessed uh, how a white woman was able to talk to a police officer without any problem. This guy tells the police officer they better get off his property, and, and they don't do anything about it. So that shows you it's not training. It's before they thought he had a right to talk to them that way. So that really fires me up. Listen, any, I say this all the time on the show. Anytime a white person says the N-word to a black person, that is violence. That person should be arrested. That is, that is an assault. Off top, there is no way that this person, he should not have been arrested that night. There's no way he should not be asked to resign. I don't know if they can force him to resign, but asked to resign. That mayor, he didn't show any leadership when they asked him, well, should he stay on? He said, well, a lot of people don't think he should. The mayor should have been clear. There's no place for this, for a person like this on our city council. Thirdly, I hope that black family has the wherewithal, the ability to talk to a lawyer because they need to sue this individual for intentional infliction of emotional distress, sue this individual for assault, 
And I would argue that when a white person is making those type of threats to a black person and then popping firecrackers over their home, that is a terroristic threat. This is outrageous and ridiculous, and I hope the Department of Justice sees this clip on this show tonight, Roland, and they come in and do what is necessary to root this type of evilness and racism out of that particular city. Scott? It's terrorism. Oh, oh I, can I can talk now? Okay, thank you for the opportunity. No, uh, Nola? So let me, so let me just say this. <laughs> let me just say this. <laughs> see, see... DeMario is really upset about this, and you should be. It's outrageous, right? But white folks in Portland, Tennessee ain't upset about it. No. They say, well, well I don't agree with what he says, but, you know, they, they can't evaluate his racism because they are the oppressor. So they may not agree with it like they don't agree with Trump, but they'll still vote for him. Well, they may not agree with him, but because they've never been the victim of racism or know what the N-word really means is from a painful standpoint, they can't really be as upset with you as uh, upset with him as you are with him. This is white privilege at its most powerful pet piece, right? And it's the problem with these cases. Every story we've talked about that's race-based today, at the root of it is this white privilege that allows white people to say, I don't agree with that, but I'm not offended by it, because they can't be offended by it because they're not black. The black cop in the courtroom, that was his collar. This white cop was taking his collar. Think about it, because his white privilege told him he could do that, right? So until we really understand these cultural differences and this white privilege at work, before you even get to racism, you can't expect white folks to really do a whole lot about the bad actors in their neighborhood because they've been trained to believe in white privilege and that they're better than black and brown people and everyone else. Deep down, they really believe this is our blood and our land. They think they don't practice it because it's not politically correct, but in their heart of hearts, they don't like it but it's not a deal breaker for them. Mm. This is real. Yeah. And that's the problem with that elected official. He gonna get, he might win or he gonna get at least 50% of the vote. 90% white community. Well, I, I, I know I got one more not for Not a you. deal breaker. This guy named David uh, Azarod, formerly, deal uh, with us. he is the uh, assistant professor and research yeah. fellow the Graduate School of Government for Hillsdale College. He used to be <laughs> at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, I, sh I should play uh, crazy as white people, uh, but, I'm, but I'm just going to go right to the clip. Watch this. <laughs> li li listen to what he said about George Washington Carver. This black privilege not to be offended is increasingly being supplemented by a black demand to be honored in all realms, regardless of accomplishments. So you have mediocre black composers, scientists and writers from the past who are showered with praise, while, pardon me, genuinely great men who in hindsight just had the most misfortune of being white are being canceled. Um, if he were not black, no one in America today would know who George Washington Carver is. A history is constantly being rewritten to magnify beyond all reasonable proportions the contributions of black Americans. I mean, to me, the example that I find most amusing is Hollywood a few years ago made a movie called Hidden Figures 
about the role of low-level black female mathematicians in putting a man on the moon. Okay. So, um... <laughs> Where is Hisdale College? So, no, no, no. So, let, let, so, so, no. Here, here's this, uh, so, this is the. Uh, uh, let me just show y'all. The, the, this is the. This is the let me just show y'all. Uh, this is the uh, inconsequential bio of this mediocre white man. Um, uh, David Azarod, uh, an assistant professor and research fellow at Hillsdale College's Van Andel Graduate School of Government in Washington, D.C. His research and writing focuses on classical liberalism, conservative political thought, and identity politics. Prior to joining Hillsdale, Azarat was the director of the B. Kenneth Simon Center for Principles and Politics at the Heritage Foundation. He has taught previously at American University and the University of Dallas. A native of Montreal, Azarat received his B.A. from Concordia University, his M.A. from Carleton University, and his Ph.D. in politics from the University of Dallas. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Bravo! That I mean, Nola, that that that's that's as Kathy Hughes say. Hell, his resume ain't deeper than mustard on a hot dog. <laughs> oh my God! Man, get out of here. Now, to the wonderful folks of Montreal, you know, I just came back from there. I'm sorry, uh, y'all got to get. Um, and secondly, you know, I'm not surprised. And as a black female academic, I can tell you, I've had my share of sitting at tables with white men who feel that way that I should not be sitting at those tables, especially with the sort of research that I do. I am always the only black person, and I'm definitely the, all, the all, always the only black female person. So I, 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 I know these men. You know, I, I, I pray for them because if I don't, that's more for their protection, <laughs> you know, because um, if I don't pray, you know, that's going to keep me grounded. Something else might happen. But on a serious side, this is unfortunate because this is what's happening across the country. What's happening in classrooms across the country, first of all, there's this idea that you need to take the classrooms back from the liberals, first and foremost. And I can tell you, being educated in PWIs, um, all of my, you know, higher education life, that is not so. You know, these classrooms are not as liberal as people like to think, first <laughs> no. of all. And secondly, you know, this kind of uh, revisionist thing that he's talking about, it's really interesting how people like him project all the time when this has literally have been their project from day one, you know, in terms of re revisionist history. I mean, think about what's happening right now in Texas and Florida, you know, especially in Texas. Um, in terms of trying to rewrite history altogether. And let's not talk about how they have failed to really completely and fully understand the racial history of this country and apparently slavery. So what he is accusing black people of, simply for wanting to reclaim our own narratives and simply wanting to say, we have a place in this country too, we are important and we are part of his history. He wants to make it seem like, you know, it's just some regular, regular person on the corner that we want to give props to just because we don't don't have any, Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 dollars back in bonus bets if 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Um, in, in, in our communities and the culture that's worth, you know, putting on a pedestal. And that speaks more to his limitations than anything else. And He's I think right. before I get I'm going to go ahead and stop there. Well, here's what I find to be so hilarious <laughs> with regards to this grossly incompetent uh, and thin resume, David Azarad, who, frankly, I don't even know who the hell you are. I mean... I know a lot of me- mediocre white men who are professors. Dude, you're a yeah. nobody. But, but for folks who don't realize this, um, the folks at the History Channel, I got to get a kick out of this. Oh. Said George Washington Carver had great success in the laboratory and the community. He taught poor farmers that they could feed hogs acorns instead of commercial feed and enrich co- croplands with swamp muck instead of fertilizers. But it was his ideas regarding crop rotation that proved to be most valuable. Hmm. Through his work on soil chemistry, Carver learned that years of growing cotton had depleted the nutrients from soil, resulting in low yields. But by growing nitrogen-fixing plants like peanuts, soybeans, and sweet potatoes, the soil could be restored. 
allowing yield to increase dramatically when the land was reverted to cotton use a few years later. To further help farmers, he invented the Jessup wagon, a kind of mobile horse-drawn classroom and laboratory used to demonstrate soil chemistry. David, you, you literally aren't even a top 1,000 political commentator. <laughs> I mean, not, never even, not even one. But, but, but y'all, I'm, 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 I'm not done. Check this out. George Washington Carver developed more than 300 food, industrial, and commercial products from peanuts, including milk, Worcestershire sauce, punches, cooking oils, salad oil, paper, cosmetics, soaps, and wood stains. He also experimented with peanut-based medicines such as antiseptics, laxatives, and goiter medications. I mean, he couldn't have picked a worse person as his example. Like, like if I you mean, know, if you, <laughs> right. you're going to like, one of the greatest minds, period, ever produced. You're going to talk about George Washington Carver? That we still use today. I mean, stuff that's yeah. today. I mean, this is like the this. The world uses that today. This is like a this is like a person coming off the street to play tennis. And they're going to try to talk bad about Serena Williams. Like, we don't even know who you are. You said top 1,000, top 10,000. Who, where is Hisdale College? You, you have really educated me. Of all people, George Washington Carver, that to me. Is she talking? I'm sorry, go ahead. Right, so go say ahead. it again, though. Go ahead, Lola. I said, let's match CVs, homie. But anyway, my bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, see, this is, this is why I crack up. Because, um, first of all, I didn't know who the hell he was even talking to. <laughs> um, but this is the thing that cracks me up with, 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 with and I keep telling y'all why I wrote my book, White Fear. <laughs> this is a perfect example of why I wrote my book, White Fear. I keep telling y'all what's going on. What you got is you got some, some white folks in America, they <laughs> cannot stand black success. Period. Uh -huh. And their desire is to try to beat us down. I, I love it when these 28 follower white folks and some black folks try to come <laughs> at me on social media. Ain't nobody watching your show. Yeah, I know. We, we only did 25 million views last month. My bad. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You got mm -hmm. 28 followers. <laughs> hey, you sending me a tweet. Hell, I <laughs> muted 28 people yesterday. And you take a time out to tweet me. But, I mean, so, so, and see, here's, here's what, here's what they think. And, and see, Scott said, now nah, I'm gonna let you talk. I'm gonna put you on the clock, though. See, here's what they think. See, they think all of us are like punk-ass Clarence Thomas. They think we are a bunch of low self-esteem black people like Clarence Thomas. Because the reason he hates affirmative action, because he said, when I was at Holy Cross and I was at Yale, they were looking at me funny. <laughs> they looking at you funny. That, when I was at Yale, they were, uh, they were thinking that I didn't belong there and I was there for oh. affirmative action. Clarence Thomas, all he needed was, all y'all can kiss my ass, Gene. I don't care what nobody white thinks 
about me and how I got here. Hell, I don't care what nobody black thinks. Because the bottom line is, put your simple Simon ass resume up against mine any day, and then we can go. <laughs> so yeah. that's what this dude is doing. See, they think that this generation of black people are going to be like, I'm so sorry. Uh, or I, No, dog, we going to tell you, kiss my entire ass. <laughs> my entire ass. <laughs> That's Della Reese from the movie Hall of Night. Kiss my entire ass. Listen, I want to say this too. This is personal to me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, go ahead. Oh, that's Scott, Scott, sir. Scott. Sorry, Scott. Yeah, because you know he's gonna, he gonna get in his feelings if you. Talk. My bad, Scott. No, it's okay. Don't worry. He'll get me back. You know he'll cap him, but you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. You know he'll cap him. They get in their feelings. They do. But can we? Can we? The irony of this guy's presentation is that he is the mediocre professor, mediocre education, mediocre credentials. And yet, he wants to make the, the, the black inventor, you know, the mediocre one and rewrite history. But white people, not just now, but historically, have a habit of doing this, right? Help me with my history, Roland, about, you know, if I, if a black, if you convince a white man, even a poor ignorant one, that he has more value than a black man, then we can take the South. That People was President Lyndon Baines Johnson. He said exactly. that. And and this 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 law professor, this mediocre white professor, professor is living. No, that no, he ain't no law professor. Hold on, hold on, no. You, don't, you give, up, don't upgrade you, him. You just upgraded his ass. He's not he a law professor. professor. Don't Wait, upgrade that, him. That's true. He ain't even no <laughs> full <laughs> professor. He is an assistant professor. Assistant I really <laughs> think he's an adjunct. Right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. See, when they start saying that resume has also Please taught here and there, professor. that means you was an adjunct there. That boy, that, even... that boy ain't got <laughs> close to no tenure. <laughs> That's Ain't nothing wrong with an adjunct. I'm an adjunct right now. Lola's an adjunct. But... <laughs> He's speaking with authority. He loud and wrong. Hey, 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 we wrong. wouldn't know about this George Washington Carver, but there are plenty <laughs> great white men who we don't know about. But, but no, hold, we don't. On, hold on, but th to me, the greatest thing he said, first of all, I want to say, as a, as a graduate of George Washington Carver High Middle School on Greenwood Avenue, I take this as a personal affront. <laughs> but the greatest, craziest thing he said was that these white men, you don't know about them because they just happen to have the misfortune of being born white. Okay, David, name them. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's, let, let's sit with someone saying they had the misfortune of being born white. I've never heard such a term. They, they, the guy is ridiculous and he's privilege. from Canada, man. Get out of here. Nola, go ahead. I, I there's so many things that I want to say, but I'm not trying to get fired from none of my 800 jobs. So I'm just going to say. <laughs> well, you can't be on rolling then. No, right. That's right. We're going to get you in trouble. You got to have some independence on here, baby. I'm telling you. <laughs> Nola. I will say this, though. But, you know, this, unfortunately, a lot of mediocre uh, people hide themselves in the academy, and that's really the unfortunate part. They are the people who give people like me a really bad name, people like me that really, really, really have to work hard and really have to fight for where we want to be inside of this larger ac academy system. And, I think, and another thing about it is, too, is 
it's very interesting to me that he's here in the in the U.S. Like, I'm very curious. Like, why why aren't you talking and you know uh, about your own context? Why are you here talking ab about these things? So I'm wondering, is he really just trying to get his five minutes? Like he just got here, knowing that if you come to the United States talking about black people in, in the United States, you're going to get come for. You're gonna you're gonna we're gonna come for you. There we go. So and that's pretty much what happened. So is this by design? Is this what he wanted? You know what I mean? Because why are you here popping off on American black people? I mean, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't go to my house. No, for, 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 uh, again, I, I y'all, the, the, the reason I played the clip uh, because I, I really needed uh, uh, the uh, uh, the Comedy Central moment there. But I also, I play these things because I need the folk watching to understand. And again, I, I keep trying to explain to y'all what's going on. And, uh, I, and I walk people through this here. You're going to witness more of this. I need everybody to understand. You're going to witness more folk coming with their white fear, bringing up these things. Um, in fact, let me do this here. Here's a perfect example. You see, y'all got to be real careful. Black people, listen to me. Y'all got to be real careful when y'all post stuff that folk do uh, as somehow you are praising them. Here's a perfect example. Um, James Patterson, who is the... Um, who is the, you know, prolific uh, writer, announced uh, yesterday or the day before uh, that he has uh, donated uh, $5.3 million. So here it is right here. James Patterson donates five... Let me, let me cancel all these damn pop-up ads. Uh, James Patterson donates... Uh, five point. Let me see. Let me pull it up for y'all. I need to switch. I got multiple iPads going, so let me switch to, to this screen here. Because again, I need y'all to pay attention to what's going on. So here we go. James Patterson donates five point three million dollars to Howard University, Penn America. I was brought up to give back. Okay, uh, five point three million. They include two million dollars to Penn. $1.3 million to Howard. I was brought up to give back so my mother and grandmother should get the praise here. I've dedicated my career to getting as many people to love books as possible. I advocate for literacy in schools, fund teacher scholarships, and support other writers, booksellers, and librarians in any way that I can. Let me go ahead. Now, y'all do know this is the same James Patterson <laughs> who a few months ago... Right. Uh, said that white males face another form of racism. Um, when he said that white males were having trouble finding work. Oh, my God. Uh, and then he said, because then when the receipts were brought out showing the number of white men who have books and how black authors can't get the same amount of book de deals, all of a sudden he had to apologize 
because, and then, of course, this was an apology. I apologize for saying white male writers having trouble finding work as a form of racism. I absolutely do not believe that racism is practiced against white writers. Please know that I strongly support a diversity of voices being heard in literature in Hollywood everywhere. No, you wouldn't have said it if your ass didn't believe it. Right. Exactly. Right. See, exactly. see, 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 the reason I, I the reason I need uh, folk to understand why you cannot let people rewrite your history is because y'all have heard about the Nobel Prizes, right? Nobel Prizes? Yep. Nobel yes. Peace Prize? Right. Okay. Yes. Um, but do you know who Nobel was? No. I Nola? think you're going to tell us. I don't know. So here's the deal. I don't either. Nobel was the creator of dynamite. Mm. His obituary mistakenly is an obituary, I think it was his brother, and they thought it was him. All of the obituaries called him the merchant of dynamite, the master of death. Mm. Mm. He said, my lord, that's my legacy? Mm. Mm. So he then creates the Nobel Prize. PR. <laughs> no, 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 not PR. He creates the Nobel Prizes for the purpose of redefining his legacy. Yeah, PR. So, and so now people, the Nobel Peace Prize, right. the Nobel Prize for mathematics, for literature, and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And so we now laud Nobel. Because he saw his own obituary. Yeah. yeah. So, James Patterson. That's cute, James Patterson. I appreciate you sending $1.3 million to Howard. But your ass didn't send $1.3 million to Howard last year. <laughs> you ain't send $1.3 million to Howard before you got in trouble. And see, what we have to understand, and I keep telling y'all what's happening. You have, a, you have a number of white Americans who do not like what is happening in this country. They can't stand to see people like Nola in the academy because how she got here. Because in their minds, if a white man is not sitting across from them, then everybody else is inferior. Right. We're sitting this in Hollywood right now. We there was a big uh, story, uh, and I can't. Carol, let, let me know if you find it again. It was a big story that was written, and these guys, these two guys, did a story, and all these white folks in Hollywood were complaining. It's hard for us to find jobs. No, that's not hard. You got to now compete. And they still get ninety-five percent of everything. No, but you don't understand. <laughs> they don't want to buy. That's right. So I mean, <laughs> so I need people to understand why I wrote White Fear. <laughs> what did I? How the Browning of America is making white folks lose their minds. Mm -hmm. I need our people to be fortified, yeah. and I, I fundamentally believe. And I'm gonna go down the line with each one of y'all. I'm gonna start with Nola. I fundamentally believe Nola <laughs> that what has happened is. Baby boomers did a disservice to Gen X by not preparing and fortifying them for racism. Gen X failed millennials and Gen Z, and we're seeing it again because too many of our folk are walking around thinking, oh my God, did you hear what they said to me? Yeah. This is it. 
What, folk need to understand, as 2023, 2024, as we get close to 2043, that, that anger, that resentment is going to more, be more palpable. And it's, it's, it's here because this nation is changing and we, the four of us and others, we now get a say-so in how this country is run. And that's pissing a lot of people off because this has been theirs. I play this, and I'm, I, you know what? Let me go ahead and do it. Then I'm gonna let you talk, Nola. And I know we gonna get a, I know we gonna get a block. So Keenan, get ready. Uh, we gonna have to go ahead and uh, remove this clip from the future broadcast. Uh, but I play this all the time because I want y'all to understand um, that this scene. Uh, let's see. Okay, Joe Petchy, I know where it is. This scene right here. I say I play this all the time. This 47 second scene. No, it's 34 seconds. This scene right here explain everything you need to know about the United States of America and where we stand. All right, I, I got to hold up, y'all. I'm getting there. Hold on. I got to set it up. Y'all, this 34 sec this 34 seconds in the movie The Under Shepherd. This is a scene between Joe Petchy and Matt Damon. And when I finish playing it, Nola, you're going to speak. I don't know if you've seen this movie, Nola, but this scene is about, well, yeah, you probably did. Okay, since you, since you uh, far, I got you, but you're still on mute, Nola. You're still on mute. She so unmute your, unmute, unmute your damn computer, Nola. talking Nola. Unmute though. your damn computer. Oh, so when I come back from this, you ain't going to be running your mouth because I tell you again. All right, this scene, y'all, <laughs> Full explains the United States of America and its history in 34 seconds. Let me ask you something. We Italians, we got our families and we got the church. The Irish, they have the homeland. The Jews, their tradition. Even the niggas, they got their music. What about you people, Mr. Carlson? What do you have? The United States of America. The rest of you are just visiting. Wow. <laughs> wow. What was the name of that movie again? The Under Shepherd. It's Nola, go ahead. Shepherd. Nola, that. Am I still Am I still Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. No, you ain't muted now. We can hear you. Go on. I was, before you even played it, I knew what it was going to be. I knew it was going to be The Good Shepherd. That I played The Under Shepherd. It's The Good Shepherd. It's The Under Shepherd because they tried to put black people... Oh, they couldn't call us black. They threw the N-word no, at us. I, I think I'm you're sorry. right. I think it's, it's The Good Shepherd. It's The Good Shepherd. I know the story about the CIA. It's yeah, The Good Shepherd. Yeah, we know shepherd. you do. But this right here explains why... This, this right here explains why America... That right, 34 seconds is all it took. And listen, that... I, hold on, oh, sorry, hold on. Sorry, no, we'll go. I play it in my classrooms because that clip is so important. It sums it up. And even, you know, the fact that black folks were boiled down to our music, right? <laughs> you know, um, you know. so it's a very important scene, and I completely agree with you that they feel that the rest of us are just visitors. But in our case, they don't even feel like we're visitors. We are still the help, you know? So we're not even, you know, in a class of being visitors. We were, bought, we were brought here to be enslaved, to serve, right? So, you know, thinking about that clip, and I just got so excited because that literally is a clip I show in my classes all the time, especially when we're talking about international relations and race, um, because it frames it so well. One of the things that, you know, we were talking about just just a few minutes ago to kind of like sum up this, this whole white fear thing, um, especially when it comes to black people, and I am not dismissing all other groups, you know, and a lot of groups always say, why is it just about the binary? Why is it just black and white? Why is it just black and white? 
part, part, partly because our narrative in this country is, is very different from many others, and black Americans have been the ones at the forefront of the civil rights movement that have changed things and progressed things in this country. So in that weird sort of way, you know, like that white, that, that white man who had his grievance, that grievance is kind of centered in, why is it that black people, when it comes to black people, they're the only ones that can get upset about something? Or why is it that you can't say things about black people when I want to have every single right under the sun to call them the N-word, to degrade them without anyone coming for me. You know, so that's also part of it, too. They want to speak to us any kind of way. They want to narrativize our own history in any particular way that fits their own, because they don't want to live up to the atrocities that has happened in this country. And I think when you are operating in fear, and another part of this is delusion, you know, that there is a part of white grievance that is completely delusional about what's happened in this country. And because of, of that grievance and because of that delusion, you have a situation where we are always fighting for our civil rights. We are always having to protest. We are always having to, you know, push people in the moral in the moral direction in which they, they should al already be situated in. But because we are thought of as the other, because we are thought of as the enemy, because we are thought of as um, the us versus them and us, it is always this constant, constant struggle of just literally being seen as humans and to be seen as Americans and have more right than say a lot of a lot of um, white folks that are here, especially in my in my context, you know, coming from the world in which I come from in New Orleans, my folks have been here for a very long time, you know. So it's a very interesting dynamic, Roland. And um, there's a chapter of your book that that I'm assigning. Um, I just want to go ahead and throw that out there. But I completely agree with you in terms of this fear, but it's also wrapped in this delusion that these people do not want to admit to. What what's happened in this country and what continues to happen in this country? Yeah, and just Demario, uh, I, I mean, I, I just need people to understand. You said it earlier when you said, "No, the system working is exactly how it's supposed to." People need to realize that. Yeah, and Earl, I just want to commend you for writing such an important book and at such an important time because this is something that we are going to deal with. And I really like when you talked about not preparing our people to deal with the, what's going on right now. You know, and I always use this term, and I say we're, we're at war, and what I mean by that is there is a large, substantial group of people that believe, like Matt Damon's character, this is their country. We killed the people to take this country. They're proud of that. Yeah. We brought you N-words here to work for us. They are proud of that. And so they're not going to give that up willingly. Nope. And I think that's what your book is about. That's what this discussion is about. And our people need to be prepared for what that means and how we have to prepare ourselves mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and physically to protect ourselves and what we're trying to do. I said, they, in Hollywood, they don't want to give up even 5%, 2%, 1%. They don't believe that we deserve anything. That is the reality of it. That's the white fear. Um, uh, Scott Taller, white privilege, racism, white supremacy. But I always remember, they took this country by force, they believe it's theirs, and they are willing, as January 6th showed us, to take, mm -hmm. keep going, taking this country mm -hmm. by force. Yeah, and, and, and Scott, uh, you know, we're seeing it. Uh, we've seen it where uh, you've had uh, in law 
you've had some folk try to change law firms, whatever, and they ran cats out uh, and, and, and see. And we also have to be very careful because there's a lot of folk who write checks to the UNCF or to NAACP mm -hmm. and they go, hey, no, 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 we support black causes. Yeah, but if you ain't hiring no people, if you're not sitting there advancing any people, if you're not promoting any people, if we ain't owning nothing, uh, we just sharecropping. Well, yeah, and that doesn't make you a, not a racist or not a, a white supremacist because you give the black causes. That's called white guilt, if you will, and white cover. And Mark, I mean, we can go down the list. And so um, I'm not That's impressed right. with that. I mean, we appreciate the money. Historical black colleges do, the UNCF does, and sure, we'll play the game with you, but that's not, your, your level of comfort by giving a million dollars to Howard University is your level of comfort. It doesn't change the, the racial dynamic between us or your history with us, and nor is it gonna make us comfortable that somehow this is progress towards racial equality in this country. Uh, the way this thing is shaping up and the midterms I think it's going to be interesting because you talk about being physically prepared. There are a lot of people in a growing sentiment that this isn't going away whether Trump is it's there not, or not. Trumpism it this ain't got no. nothing to do with Trump. Nope. This is whiteness. Donald Trump simply but, came but along. What he feeds off of. Right. No, right. no, no. What he right. did, what he did, what Donald Trump did was Donald Trump opened, he said, hey, y'all, mm -hmm. I'm giving you permission to yeah. go public yeah. with it. And they have, mm -hmm. it is unleashed. That's why when I called them evil on MSNBC, when I called it evil on ABC This Week, there's a reason, yeah. there's a reason Katz, uh, Chris Christie was all upset. There's a reason why yeah. ABC This Week hasn't invited me back. Because all Well, because you told him he had to take some accountability and ownership. Right, and it was, over, and, and, and was upset. I told it to his face. Right, right. See, right. those shows are meant to be, no, Roland, you can't, no, don't do that. No, hell no. If we gonna talk about his speech, I'ma jam his ass up on what he exactly. did. And they don't like exactly. being challenged. And so what people Christy need to understand- and others have, were enablers, quite frankly. Yeah, that's, that's right. They were part of the enabling team. But that's the it's, point. It's okay to think like this and to say this and that's, to those white uh, middle-class voters, educated or uneducated, and they went along with it. Yep. So you're right, that's bullshit. And if you don't get invited back, the hell with them. Baby. Well, again, I'm not, first of all, that's why my philosophy is say all you got to say when you're there because they don't guarantee you don't get invited back anyway. But I just, need, <laughs> I just need our people. So so what I say in the book, I'm also saying when we see these videos, prepare ourselves, fortify ourselves for what is going to continue because don't think just because we got a black vice president and had a black president, it changes. Let, let's be real clear. I tell people this all the time. Thurgood Marshall becoming the first black Supreme Court justice didn't just get rid of racism in law. Right. No. Okay. Uh, the, the, having the first black CEO, Fortune 500 company, don't mean that racism left right. in corporate America. I just think people need to understand that Douglas Wilder became the first black governor in Virginia, the first African-American elected uh, since Reconstruction. It don't mean that Virginia somehow yeah. uh, racism left. But, but see, we fall for that okie doke because when they were talking about, oh, oh my goodness, oh, things are changing, yeah, things are changing, but it's folk trying to hold on to that system as long as they can. Scott, 30 seconds, tomorrow, 30 Just seconds, I gotta go to a question break. Question to throw back to you, actually, and maybe even the panel. There's a growing sentiment in this country that between now and 2043, that all of this is gonna bubble up to a race war, and that's gonna settle, or civil war, and that's gonna settle, settle these ongoing debates. What do you think? Yes. 
And when we say civil war, it's not going to look like the one uh, that took place in right. the 1800s. It is going to be political. It is going to be ideological. It is going to be economic. Nola? But I mean, I, I think... Salvos have already been shot. I mean, you know, in terms of Trump being elected, Charlottesville, I mean, we've had multiple um, examples of, of, you know, uh, first strikes, in my personal opinion. And I think it's going to happen before 2043. And I'm of the mind to say that we are in some sort of warm version of it right now. But like Roland said, it's going to look different. And I do not enjoy saying these things because I just want to live in peace and live my little black life, honey. I don't want to be bothered with all this stuff. But the reality <laughs> is this is where we are. And we need to face reality, you know, in as much as I just want to get my hair and my nails done and live my best full black life. But that's just not what's happening in the country. And I hate to say it, I, I see it happening before 2043. And I, I hope I'm wrong. And DeMario, and look, you're going to see an increase in these white militias, yeah. these old keepers, these, uh, these, all, these, all these proud boys, because they're looking for safe havens. Go. No, I, I totally agree. Unfortunately, I don't want this to happen, but I do see violence coming down mm -hmm. the pike. I think we need to prepare ourselves for that. Because the other side, when I say the other side, the Democratic side, because you know the Republicans, you know where they are. They straight white supremacists with Trump. But the Democratic side is not strong enough and tough enough and willing to yep. fight and do what's necessary as what happened in the 1860s. You know, the radical Republicans... They didn't give a damn. They didn't give a damn. In fact, the radical, <laughs> in fact, the radical Republicans said, fine, y'all ain't gonna vote with us, we gonna pass this stuff without y'all. That's right. And, so when, and so they phone, too. So when that fool Christian Cinema takes her silly ass down to Kentucky, <laughs> talks about how we need to take the, bring the filibuster back for a lot yeah. more stuff, no, hell no. What you are, Democrats in 21st century need a radical Republican attitude that took place in the 1800s. That's right. And that, we don't have that. People don't understand the history of those, those lawmakers in the 1860s and 1850s. Thaddeus Stevens is someone that people don't talk about enough. They stood up to the segregationists. They went to war. They tried to really make big differences. Our Democratic leadership now are just not as strong. They don't have a backbone. They don't say what's necessary to the faces of these individuals. It's called, go, it's called go along and get along, and they like, that ain't happening. All right, I got to go to break. We come back. Uh, we're going to talk with Isaac Hayes III, of course, who is the founder of uh, Fanbase. Uh, he is about to do another uh, crowdfund raise, another raise. Uh, this is important. And, and I need all y'all to watch, all y'all people who are on YouTube right now, y'all who are on Facebook, all the platforms, because here's why. We are so successful at making everybody else rich. We on, we, y'all, we post up on Instagram, we on Facebook, we on Twitter, we made Clubhouse, all of that. But then when somebody black creates something, we start saying, oh, it ain't this, it ain't that. And I'm like, yo, seriously? I'm tired of people saying, man, we don't have our own social media. Yes, we do. Man, we don't have uh, our own news. Yes, we do. We don't have our... our Yes, we do. The question is, do you regularly support it with viewing and with your money? We're going to talk to, our uh, of course, our Tech Talk segments next. Download the app. Perfect example. We got 900,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Uh, we, we added 20,000 in the last 28 days. Man, imagine if we had 900,000 downloads of the Black Star Network app. 
Android phone, Apple phone, Android TV, Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. I keep telling y'all, we got to do $100,000 a month from our fan base to hit our goals. Y'all, listen to me. I'm not playing. I'm straight up. If 2,000 of our fans contribute on average 50 bucks each, we'll hit $100,000 in the month of September. We need that in October, November, and December. Okay? Y'all sit here, uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, what we do, what you're watching ain't free. Yes, you're watching for free. I don't charge you for it. But right now, it's 2,200 people who are watching live on uh, YouTube. It's, uh, it's uh, folks on Facebook, on, on Instagram. Literally, if the folks on Instagram, YouTube right now give, boom, we hit our goal. That's $100,000 raised. Y'all, you can't, and it's not just my show. It's my show. Friday Muhammad, two hours a day. Greg Carr Weekly Show, Deborah Owens Weekly Show, Jack Hill Martin Weekly Show, Stephanie Humphrey Weekly Show, Rolling with Rolling. We got a great interview with former Governor Douglas Wilder. We got three shows in development. Y'all, that's 10 shows. Oh, when you pay your cable bill, you paying for shows? What are you getting for it? All I'm simply saying, we got to make it happen. So, P.O. Box, see, check in money orders, P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 2003-7-0196. Cash App, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered, PayPal, R. Martin Unfiltered, Venmo, RM Unfiltered, Zale, Roland at RolandSMartin.com, Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. We'll be right back. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. I've always said this, rather than to continue to fight for a fair piece of the pie and, and, and an equal slice of the pie, I want my hand on a knife that cuts the pie. And to that extent, who bakes the pie and who, who puts it in? And that's one of the things that got me involved in going into politics in the first instance. I'm tired of people making decisions for me right. and mine. I want to be a part of that decision-making process. And luckily, it has paid off in terms of seeing the progress that many people in America have made, particularly the people of color. One thing bothers me now that we seem to be losing that. Right. By saying that we've got to be more concerned with other people than those people who were here. We built America. in ourselves. We're investing in what's next for all of us. Growing. Creating. Making moves that move us all forward. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Hey, I'm Dion Cole from Blackest. Hey everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, Unfiltered. exclusive audio rooms are here now tap talk and get paid monetize your live podcast and most engaging conversations you can now create exclusive audio chat rooms only for your subscribers and biggest fans and as a user subscribe listen and talk to your favorite creators now tap talk and get paid because everyone's a fan of something and everyone has a fan base 
All right, folks, uh, fan base. Uh, that's right, social media app founded by Isaac Hayes III. Uh, they uh, have had a couple of crowdfunding uh, campaigns. Now they're moving towards Series A to explain what that means is uh, the founder of fan base, Isaac Hayes III. What up, Isaac? What's up, man? You know, it drives you crazy, and it drives me crazy, too. And I saw one of your videos when people sit here and they go, man, uh, we, don't, we don't own our own stuff. We ain't got no social media. And you sit here like... Uh, yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> we absolutely do. So for the folks who don't know what fan base is, explain to them what fan base is. So fan base is the first microcast social network, right? I'm coining a phrase microcasting. And what I mean by microcasting, I'm going to give you two other examples. Broadcast media were like large cable networks, Xfinity, you know, Comcast, all these big networks. Narrowcast era is the last 15 years with Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Prime Video. Microcasting is going to be, I subscribe to you, Roland. I subscribe to Beyonce. I subscribe to the Lakers. I subscribe to Cardi B for content that they create, but all inside of a social network. So fan base is just like any other social network. It's free to download, free to use, but you can actually follow people, but also subscribe to individuals that create content that they want uh, to put behind paywalls. So anybody can make a fan base page. It's open for anybody to use, anybody to download. It doesn't matter. Uh, and we're talking about that. So here's a perfect example. Uh, go to my iPhone, please. So this is a video that I posted earlier. So when I click, when I'm going to post something, it says here, I can do a post, I can do a story, I can go live. Yep. Uh, there's flicks, you have audio, then you have plus. All right, so explain to us what flicks is, explain audio, explain plus. So flicks is our version of like TikTok and Reels, short form video. Video you can add music to, you know, effects, have fun, um, get lots of views, right? Audio are audio rooms like Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces, but they're monetized in the sense that people can tip you while you're talking. Or you can actually make subscriber-based audio uh, pages that, um, you know, uh, I mean, subscriber-based audio rooms that people have to subscribe to get in. But you can have conversations on there, talk with your friends, um, connect, you know, build community. And then Fanbase Plus is like your version of Netflix. It's your YouTube. It's your platform where you post your long-form content, but you can put it behind a paywall if you want to, or you can post it for free. But I wanted to put all this inside of community because I understand the, the impact that youth culture, and especially black culture, have on social media. We're the ones that make these platforms pop, but we never have an opportunity to actually own any of them. And so Fanbase is the, is the, is the follow-up to a long line of social media platforms with a different spin that we're monetizing the platform for every user that joins the platform. And I'm offering people a chance to invest in it, which people never got a chance to invest in Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat. So, so uh, let's, first of all, uh, when did you launch Fanbase? So Fanbase, I built it in 2018, but we raised capital in 2020. So I've done three raises, right? Um, my first raise was for a uh, million dollars, and I wound up raising $3.4 million um, at a valuation of $20 million. I did a second raise um, at the end of last year, and I raised $2.5 million, um, and that was at a $50 million valuation, and the platform continues to grow. So I just launched a brand-new raise on Start Engine. Um, for those that don't know, Start Engine is a crowdfunding platform that allows me the opportunity to offer anybody in the general public 
um, an opportunity to invest and have shares in a tech startup, right, or any company, but mine is a tech startup. And what's significant about that is the fact that users directly affect the value of the company. So let's say we all buy shares in Fanbase, then move over to Fanbase. Don't leave Instagram, but start using Fanbase in mass, and it actually increases the value of an asset that we own. So it's it's just my um my my mission to make sure that everyone has a chance to own social media and monetize social media. Um and and, and on that point about in terms of uh, getting involved and being able to contribute, um, you're absolutely right. Look, they love black people. We over-index on these on these apps, on these on these devices. They love yep. us being on there. Uh, you look at uh, the craze, the dance crazes on TikTok. Black people drive that. But one of the things that you've been you've been complaining about, and and you post a lot about this, that you got these black folks. Man, we ain't getting paid for TikTok. Uh, we ain't getting paid for this. And you keep saying, listen, y'all, this that game ain't meant for you to get paid. Uh, explain no. to the people a perfect example of, because you posted this video, uh, you take a Cardi B, or you take you, or take, I got what, 650000 on Instagram. Yeah. They ain't trying to, when I post on Instagram, I'm not, matter of fact, we ain't even, you got to use Instagram. I keep telling you this right now, on Facebook. Right now, I'm going to pull it up, I keep calling them out, and just so y'all know, I did send, a, I've sent an email to 12 Facebook executives, uh, and uh, the lobbying folks, the, the folks over the black content, everything, saying, can y'all explain to me uh, why we keep getting uh, blocked on Facebook? Uh, here's a perfect example right here. Uh, right now on Facebook, it's 137 people watching this show on Facebook. I got 1.3 million Facebook followers. Facebook you want me to explain purpose, that to you? Facebook purposely doesn't even send my followers live notifications. So explain to the folk who get caught up, I got 1.3 million followers. You ain't yeah. talking to 1.3 million. So uh, suppression of content and shadow banning is done intentionally. So what I tell people is platforms like Instagram are in competition with all of us. And here's the reason why. The moment that advertising became part of their model, which was around 2014, they couldn't simultaneously give visibility to all the viewers, all the users on the platform, and then run ads. So I offer this question to everybody. Why would they let you reach a million people when they're about to charge Target to reach a million people? That doesn't make sense, because if you could reach a million people whenever you wanted to, then Target would come and pay you. You know what I'm saying? Like Coca-Cola would come and pay you to run ads on your page. So Instagram knows that, so they intentionally do not show your content to the majority of people that follow you because they have no way to make money if everybody sees your content. I did this example, I did this exercise with Kim Kardashian. She has 328 million followers on Instagram, right? But only about 5.8 million people see her content on average, which is 1.8% of her following. That's it. Because if she could reach 320 million people, that's three times the visibility of the Super Bowl. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They charge $7 million for a commercial on the Super Bowl for 30 seconds. That means Kim Kardashian could charge $21 million for a 30-second post on her page if she could hit a button and reach 328 million people. I want everybody to reach all their people. So when you have 
a, a post on Fanbase that goes up, when you go live on Fanbase, when you join an audio room on Fanbase, we send out notifications to every single person that follows you because we're not running ads. We want you to monetize. We want you to, to get subscribers. We want you to get love. We want you to grow your following and make as much money as you possibly can. I don't care if you have 100 followers or 100 million. So every all these platforms are in competition with the user base. I mean, that's what they do on purpose. They're intentionally not showing your content. And before I toss to my uh, panelists for questions, uh, ooh, these other apps been uh, biting off of you. Uh, they, they See, I love it how people say, oh, man, ain't nobody watching you. Yeah, they watching. I, I just let the people tell me, man, anybody watching your show, but, but all my guests and panelists start appearing on other network shows. Folk, they never, yeah. ever would have called. Uh, so when, when you started making noise with Fanbase, it's amazing how Instagram and others start changing their policies. Yeah, they, um, they made some significant, significant changes. I'll say this and be totally accurate. Fanbase was the first native application that allowed a user to subscribe to another user via an in-app purchase, which means you can pick up your phone, tap subscribe, double-click face scan or thumbprint, and then subscribe to a person. And the reason I know that we were the first is because Apple didn't let us do it in the beginning, and they changed their mind about subscriptions. And but we they also got sued. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and we, changed, we changed the game in, in allowing people the freedom to have subscriptions to reach the world. I'll say this, it's 6.3 billion people on the planet with a smartphone, right? But it's only 525 million people, I'm sorry, 425 million people on video on demand, stream, uh, video on demand services like Netflix. So that's only about 3% of the market. So imagine that every single person on the planet is their own Netflix, right? Like, I've only watched Netflix twice in the last year. Once for Dave Chappelle's comedy special, the other time for Kanye West's documentary. My, my belief is, why don't I just su subscribe directly to Dave Chappelle or Kanye West? And then they can make whatever content they want, and I pay $4.99 a month directly to them, but inside a social network. So that's the point. It's, the point is about monetizing. If you have a skill set, a trade, information, talent, you should be able to monetize that. This world is about to change drastically in the next five to 10 years. There aren't gonna be Uber drivers. They're not gonna be truck drivers. They're not gonna be train operators. They're not gonna be people that work at McDonald's. Everything's gonna be kiosks and operating. You're gonna be able to walk in a grocery store and walk out with your food. So there's gonna be plenty, plenty, plenty jobs needed. And so fan base gives you the ability to turn yourself into a business with a phone. That's what it's about. Create a, create a, create a, a, a fan base profile um, start monetizing your content. And I said this before, and I'll say this to everybody listening who sees this video. If you do not start monetizing your content today, five years from now, you're going to be out-earned by someone that is less talented than you are that decided to do so. And I've seen it happen in real time. I've seen Bad Baby make $42 million on OnlyFans, and that's more money than Cardi B, Lizzo, Doja Cat, Nicki Minaj, Meg Thee Stallion, uh, Lotto, like She's made more money than all of them. She simply decided to monetize her content. And she um, didn't have to get on one plane, fly nowhere. Uh, again, it's maximizing. Look, trust me, it's a lot of journalists been rolling up on me saying, damn, man, I wish I had did what you did uh, five or 10 years ago. And I said, see, y'all were all caught up in that hype, in that white validation, as opposed to building your brand and understanding Me, Inc. Uh, let's see, uh, I'll start with Demario. You get the first question for Isaac. Brother Isaac, good to see you. Very impressed every time I hear from you. 
Can you talk about how, how are you protecting your intellectual property? Because as you stated, you are uh, a trendsetter in this space, and obviously the big boys are watching you. And how do you protect your, your intellectual property? They just can't come and, and usurp you. Well, you really can't. I think you just have to execute the idea better than the yep. next person. Yep. Um, something that I feel very confident about is there's no amount of innovation that Facebook and Instagram can do to capture kids. Kids are always going to want to be on apps that their parents are not on. So as soon as my mom got on Facebook, I left Facebook. So I believe that every social media platform will live and it will die. It has a lifespan. It will be relevant to a generation, and then that generation will grow older and some younger kids come along. So in, in, in this modern world, MySpace is dead. Facebook is a senior citizen. Instagram is a middle-aged adult like me. Snapchat is a millennial. TikTok is a centennial. I want fan base to be centennial generation alpha platform. But it's for them to build community so they can have the platform for the next 20 years. What's going to separate, separate it from everything else and bring everybody involved is fan base plus. Because now we're in the content space. And it doesn't matter what age you are. Content is content. You're making engaging content worldwide, globally. I think, um, you know, that's going to change the game for us. So there's nothing that, that can really be done. Again, I just think that... You know, like younger, I heard, I heard a younger younger girl say that Facebook is where old people go to brag about their grandchildren. And if a 15-year-old thinks that about Facebook, I don't care what the metaverse is, they're not coming. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. Nola. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for this. I Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and president ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Um, I'm completely blown away by this, and um, I think it's very important coming from a black creator and, um, for you know, for a lot of reasons. You know, I think about uh, the amount of usage that young black folks are on social media in terms of misinformation and disinformation and why we are why we are the target audience, because we are on social media much more than a lot than a lot of people. And we are also um, responsible for a lot of the uh, popular content that's on social media. So this is absolutely brilliant. My question to you is um, it's around where so you have this long-term goal, you have this long-term vision, because my, my initial question was going to be about social media burnout, but you answered that question. So then I had to think of another question. Um, where where does it fit for, you know, someone that is kind of facing social media burnout, but also is looking for something um, that's new and interesting, but doesn't want to dedicate the same amount of time, you know, per se, that you do to other social media platforms? And then my other question that I want to sneak in there is how does the invest investment portion work? Um, is fan base IPO or can you explain a little bit more about that? Because I'm very interested in that. Let me start with the investment. So typically every social media company um, is funded by angel investors, which are accredited investors, AKA rich people, right? So those are people with a net worth of a million dollars minus their house or people that make over $200,000 a year for two consecutive years. That's been in effect since 1933. In about 2015, Barack Obama uh, signed into law this regulation called the Jobs Act. And what it did is it allowed, it wiped out the accredited investor rule and allowed any person to invest in an early stage company, regardless of their net worth, right? And so I took advantage of that regulation and used a company called Start Engine to fund my campaigns. And so that means for $250, you get to buy shares in a tech startup, like a Facebook or Instagram, when it when it's only worth 85 million. Now to put that in perspective, uh, Facebook is worth $400 billion right now. TikTok is worth $300 billion. So I believe that fan base will be a $100 billion, $200 billion company. So imagine being able to invest in the company right now and say, oh, I got in on fan base before it went public, before it IPO'd. And explaining that point is when you when you invest in a seed stage startup, you're riding the life of the company. So, so Isaac, 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 hold on, Isaac, hold on. So for people. Jeff Bezos did not become a billionaire because of Amazon. Jeff okay. Bezos and his wife put $250,000 into Google. That's how he became a billionaire. Isaac, go ahead. Yeah. So, 
So this, the, one of the one of the seed investors of Uber, a guy by the name of Oren Michaels, he put five thousand dollars into Uber in 2010. When the company went public in 2019, his five thousand dollars was worth twenty four million dollars. So what I tell people is, the accredited investor rule has basically been an opportunity to lock out uh, the average person. I don't care if you're white, black, yep. no matter yep. who you are. It was a rich person's rule, right? So this rule came into effect right after the Great Depression. So I say this, you don't have to be accredited to buy $5,000 worth of lottery tickets. You don't have to be accredited to go to Vegas and gamble $5,000 on the crap table. But why do you have to be accredited to put $5,000 in a tech startup, right, that could give, that could return? You have a better chance of hitting big on a tech startup than you do gambling in Vegas or or um, buying lottery tickets or even crypto. Or, or popping you know bottles. Yeah, exactly. Or going by in sections in a club, and it's like, yo, you know, we 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 spend we spend our capital in places and really don't have an opportunity to invest in companies like these. So Start Engine, um, you can go to startengine.com/fanbase, and you can invest there. The minimum to invest is two hundred and fifty dollars. That's the price of a pair of Jordans. That's the price of a steak dinner at Ruth Chris. You know, you can say, like, this week I'm not going to buy these shoes, or this week I'm not going to go out to dinner, and I'm going to put some money on fan base. But don't only do that. Use the platform. Like, we, we have functionality. We have a program that can actually migrate your entire Instagram or TikTok over to fan base. It copies all your posts and pastes them over on fan base. Captions included. So you don't have to start over from scratch. You can literally pack your stuff up and move it over. It stays on Instagram. It stays on TikTok but you actually migrate your content. And what you've done is you've immediately placed all of your content in a position that's monetized. People can love your posts on FanBase. They can like for free, but if they love your content, you get half a penny every time somebody loves your content. And there's no limit to the amount of love that you can get on FanBase. So this is an aggressive play. We've never been here before. Like, and it sounds like a crazy idea, but that's what happens with crazy ideas is that they become these mega companies. And, and that is my goal in complete disruption. So, and um, um, that part for sure. But before I go to Scott, uh, and look, first of all, I, I, I've invested in fan base, and here's what I need people to understand. Y'all, I went live and I was just working out, and somebody gave me some hearts. Uh, I posted some other stuff, gave me some hearts. All of a sudden, I get an email hey, it's a $50 check uh, that's coming your way. Now, again, that was just, y'all, I wasn't like doing like heavy duty. But the users, they gave me hearts. So the point here is this here. It's a bunch of y'all out here posting stuff. Y'all ain't making no money. Y'all making right. Facebook money, Twitter money, Instagram money, TikTok money, Snapchat money, Tumblr money, but you ain't making nothing. So this is also a way for you to, yes, as I said, monetize your following, and if you and you can and also you can also place on there uh, uh, some content subscriber only versus open to the public, right? Yeah, followers and subscribers. And let me let me say this too. I ask people all the time: Do you want a million followers or do you want a million dollars? Right. And so I know people with one million, two million, three million followers that make no money off their content, right? But if 50,000 people, right, pay you $2.50 a month, 
That's $125,000 a month. That's $1.5 million a year, just 50,000 people. So all you people on social media with two, three, four, five million followers, you're focused on the wrong thing. The most inefficient thing you can do is to try to build a business off of a following. You don't build a business off of a following, you build a business off of a fan base. 95% of the people that follow you, follow you passively, like a magazine in a grocery store, yep. they're nosy or they're haters. That other 5% rock with you. Let's take it down to 5,000, right? Let's take it down to 5,000. 5,000 people pay you $2.50 a month. That's 12,500 a month. That's $150,000 a year. That's more than 96% of Americans make in a year. All it takes is 5,000 people to subscribe to you for $2.50 a month. That is the point of fan base. It's emancipating people from systems yep. that limit the ability for them to make money and to monetize. And so social media is the best place to converge and really hyper-energize and hyper-focus a fan base to the point of subscription. Oh. All right. DeMario is out. DeMario, I appreciate you, man, being on the show. Thanks a appreciate lot. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Scott, what's your question for Isaac? Um, a lot of content here. Um, okay, I'm convinced. And... So I go to search engines. No, start engine. Me, huh? Start engine. Start, start engine. engine. I go to start engine, and let's say I got $5,000 I want to invest, or $2,500, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. It'll lead me. It'll allow me to do that. Well, if I got $5, it'll allow me to do that on start No, no. No, it's a minimum of $250. A minimum of $250. $250. Okay. Minimum. All right. So if I want to invest more, it'll lead me down that road. And then what, where do I get the documents for my investment, if you will, and the updates as you grow to a billion-dollar company? I mean, I, I think so, most young investors will want to know a little bit more about that. Because what I like about the, the Start Engine and what you're doing, Isaac, what I like about it is we are the biggest consumers in the world. We will spend money yeah. on almost anything. You can make money on posting, but you can really also make money five, ten years down the road or more by investing right now in your crowdfunding. Yeah. And black people need to be doing that more and more. You, you can't get them to think like that because they've been thinking, like, I want to go to the like club consumers. and spend money all the time. So that's what I like about this. I was on the last show when you were on, or one of the last shows as well, and was thinking through it. But talk a little bit about Start Engine and you know, verification yeah. and documents and how do I track my investment for those who don't know? So your investment, so the, the investment is done through Start Engine. So they are the, the, the container of your investment. You can always log into your Start Engine account and see your investment, okay. see how many shares you have. You have to consistently check um, the, the investment because we'll send out updates too. So once you're fully invested mm -hmm. into the company, You'll, we'll get your information and we'll be able to actually contact you directly. But while the campaign is active, I send out updates of what's going on with the app, what's going on with the, with the campaign. Like we've already raised over a hundred and I think $16,000 in the first few days. I've raised six million total already before. So I've already raised six million dollars on starting. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the last campaign. And I keep telling people like, when, when, when fan base is this multi-billion dollar company, I'm like, I told y'all because we're going for Series A next. Series A is when the VCs do come in and they do put 10, 20, 30 million into the company and we scale rapidly. But I always wanted to give an opportunity for the users of the platform to have equity in social media. We make these, like, look, I saw, I saw Clubhouse go from 5,000 people to a million people in four months and they raised 
$100 million at a billion-dollar valuation. And they told all the community that they couldn't invest, that wanted to. And then they raised another $200 million at a $4 billion valuation. And none of the people that are on the app, that blew the app up, got an opportunity to really have some shares in that company and invest. So I built audio into Fanbase. And so we have audio rooms just like Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces, but they're monetized for the user, right, to make money by people tipping them on stage, or you can make subscriber audio rooms. So you can keep track of your investment on Start Engine, own a part of the company, move over, and then raise the value of the actual um, um, uh, uh, platform that you're on. So you own something. I just, you know, shout out to some, some good friends of mine, too. Charles and the guys over at the Black Bread Company. If you ever heard of the Black Bread Company, they're the only black-owned bread company in your grocer aisle. I recommended them for Start Engine. They launched a Start Engine campaign. I invested, and they raised a million dollars. Now, all we got to do is only buy their bread. You see what I'm saying? So it's like it's a, it's the opportunity for us to build up our own businesses by investing in them and then making them the products that we use. And so that's why, like I said, everybody can go to Start Engine right now, um, invest in fan base, buy some shares, um, read the campaign, because I, I really talk about my microcasting and broadcasting and narrowcasting and how this is the future. This is going to be a multi trillion dollar economy in the next, you know, like I said, five to 10 years, because people subscribing to other people is going to be bigger than Netflix ever was, because I get to piece together my content. When Issa Rae decides that she wants to do a brand new show on Fanbase and Beyonce wants to post her tours on Fanbase and I can subscribe to either one of those and piece that content together, but watch it on my TV, watch it on my laptop, watch it on my phone. I, this is the absolute future. Subscribing to other people, subscribing to to athletes, right? Name, image, and likeness. College kids, uh, high school kids now can monetize their own name, image, and likeness to the profit of themselves. That give them leverage against the deals that they do. So this is an emancipator of any type of creator. I don't care what you do. If you sing, dance, know how to do taxes, know how to sew, make the best cookies and pies. Uh, can write books, whatever. If you are a, a tastemaker, you know how to style people, you have a fan base. All of us have a fan base. And so that is the absolute goal of fan base is to give the power to the user to monetize. And you, you'll see it. You've seen all these other platforms start to offer subscriptions and monetization and all this kind of stuff. They were not doing that before. Patreon's been out for 10 years. OnlyFans been out for seven years. As soon as we step on the scene, as soon as we come on the scene as a company and try to offer that to every single person, not just creators, but every user on the planet, and then I'm letting people invest in the company and have equity in it, that changed the game. So I want everybody to, to own shares. I want, I want to, to go public, you know, six, seven, eight years from now and have made, you know, uh, 10,000 millionaires. You understand what I'm saying? It'll be the largest distribution of wealth, um, especially to people of color that this country's ever seen. You know what I'm saying? By we saying we buy stock in this company and then move all our energy and effort over there and then scale this thing up. But well, you've created instant entrepreneurs as well without saying that. Absolutely. You, yep. you really are, which is another plus. So, hey, Roland, I got to get out of here. So do, so do we. Concept. So do we. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Isaac, Isaac, I appreciate it. Thank when you so very much. Again, tell, say it again, Nola. When is the last date to invest? So the, the round closes when we reach our goal. Now, what I tell you is when I do programs like Roland's, sometimes the raises go viral. Like I did another program and, and I raised like $700,000 in 30 minutes. 
and the campaign was closed. So we're stopping the raise at 2.5 million. We're already at 120,000. Um, so whenever we reach our goal, that's when the raise closes. So I tell people not You're to saying, wait. You're saying don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it next week. It'll be, it might be closed by next week. Because I'm because actually today is the beginning of my press about talking about this. So I do press runs and, and and go out and talk about the importance of investing. And so this is just Roland is the first stop of many um, coming up in the next few days. So I'm telling people the word is going to get out. And so I say invest now while you can. I mean, two hundred fifty dollars. Man, that's a pair of tennis shoes, a steak dinner. You know what I'm saying? Just throw it in, throw it into a company and then use the company though, and then tell your that's friends right. to invest and tell your friends to use it. That's it. Isaac Hayes III, fan base. Folks, check it out. Uh, I absolutely invested. Bottom line is put our money to work. We appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. Uh, Scott, uh, Nola, thank you so very much as well. Demario uh, had to leave. I appreciate y'all being on uh, today's show. Thank you so very much. Thank you. All right, have a good one. Folks, I'm going to go to a quick break. We come back. I'm going to read a couple more stories, and then I'm going to take us out. Uh, you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are Black Beyond. Hi, I'm Dr. Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. Hey, I'm Arnaz Jake. Black TV does matter, dang it. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. Stay woke. Two white Oklahoma men pled guilty to committing a hate crime. Devon Nathaniel Johnson and Brandon Wayne Killian admitted to physically assaulting a black man and his white friend in June 2019 the parking lot of a Shawnee, Oklahoma bar. Johnson and Killian face a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison, three years of supervised release, and a fine of up to $250,000 for the violation of both defendants uh, must pay restitution to the victims. Uh, also, some other news from the Department of Justice. Uh, they have uh, secured the third largest uh, settlement uh, in a uh, redlining case, more than $13 million. This announcement came out 
today. It was against a bank called Lakeland Bank, uh, saying that they engage in a pattern or practice of lending discrimination by redlining in the Newark area, including uh, their black neighborhoods. Again, it is the third largest redlining settlement uh, in history. Uh, and so, uh, this is, a, this is, again, a $13 million uh, settlement. Also, folks, uh, in other DOJ news, uh, I'm going to read this uh, next story for you. Uh, let's see here. Give me a second. Let me pull it up. Literally, we just got these, uh, got, got these emails. Uh, a, a white Chicago police officer has been charged with a former Chicago police officer, has been charged with a federal civil rights violation. This just in from DOJ. Uh, James uh, Sajdak, 64 years old, was charged with one count of deprivation of rights under color of law, according to an indictment unsealed today in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois. He's alleged to have kidnapped and sexually abused uh, the victim uh, in Chicago on March 5th, 2019. Uh, the charge in the indictment is punishable by a maximum sentence of life in prison. Uh, the former cop pled guilty during his arraignment today. Uh, a status hearing uh, was scheduled for October 12th. Uh, and a federal district court judge will determine any sentence after considering the U.S. sentencing guidelines uh, take place. And so uh, that uh, coming from the DOJ, again, a former Chicago police officer indicted on a federal civil rights charge of kidnapping and sexually abusing an individual while on duty. Again, more great work taking place uh, there uh, by the, um, from the Department of Justice. Folks, uh, that is it for us. We certainly appreciate uh, y'all joining us on today's show. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow we're going to be, first of all, today we live stream events from the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, AOC. We'll be doing so tomorrow and uh, Friday as well. Uh, and so we're going to be covering events all this week. Uh, be sure to download the Black Star Network app on all devices, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Also, be sure to join our, uh, join our fan club. Uh, you can uh, contribute by uh, sending a check or money order to P.O. Box 5 7196 Washington, D.C., 2003-7-0196. Cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zell is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. And be sure to get your copy of my book, White Fear, available on all platforms. Ben Bella Books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, Bookshop, Chapters, Books A Million, Target. You can also download the book on Audible as well. Folks, thank you so very much. We'll see you tomorrow. Y'all take care. Holla! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio Music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.